Hello and welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms. I'm Kate Taylor, Creativity and Empowerment Coach, and I'm on a mission to help us live an embodied life full of creative expression through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast with me and Kate Taylor. Today on the show, I have got a very, very inspirational woman, Sabrina Pace Humphreys. She is on a mission to help a million people transform their anxiety into the drive and energy to help them accomplish their goals. And nobody's done it like her. She's run the toughest foot race on earth, which is the 250 kilometer marathon de Saab across the Sahara Desert. I mean, you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it properly, right? So through her online course, Anxiety to Accomplishment, Sabrina is teaching women and men. She's teaching them their tried and true mindset strategies and wisdom teachings that got her across the finish line as a 13th GB women. These are strategies that she wholeheartedly believes in that can be learned and employed by anybody in order to help them accomplish their heart's desires, be it professional, personal or spiritual. So Sabrina, she's going to share her story today on how she's transformed her pain of anxiety into what she calls the pain of effort. She owns an award-winning six-figure PR business. She's a, she's in a successful women's running community and she still has the energy after four children and of late a grandson. She's obsessed with her dog Albie, tonics, tea cakes and putting one foot in front of the other. I mean, aren't we all? Enjoy the show. So I'm welcoming onto the show today a pretty phenomenal woman. I'm here with Sabrina Pace Humphreys who, Sabrina's on a mission to help a million people transform. This is an amazing goal. A million people transform their anxiety into the drive and energy to accomplish their goals. And Sabrina's got this amazing story that she's going to share with us about just how she's got there. She recently completed the toughest foot race on earth, which is a 250k marathon de Saab across the Sahara Desert. So Welcome, 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 Sabrina. I wonder if you can share a little bit more about your story and your amazing accomplishment in all areas with the gorgeous Practical Magic listeners. Oh, thank you, Kate. Thank you for having me on. It's a true privilege to be on the Practical Magic podcast. Um, So yeah, um, I am a mother of four, uh, have four children, a 23-year-old, 21-year-old, a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. And uh, as you said, last year, I was 13th GB woman over the line at the uh, Marathon de Saab, which is a race, a foot race that takes place in the Sahara Desert. Um, It takes place over six days. Every day you are running um, a marathon. Um, One day you actually run a double marathon and you carry absolutely everything that you need. So from your medical kit to your food, to your water, to your clothes. And um, I trained for the Marathon de Saab uh, because I, about three years previously, uh, was at a place in my life where uh, I kind of just hit rock bottom, really. I've always suffered with anxiety since being a small child. And um, it manifested in me in um, severe anxiety attacks, uh, depression, um, to the point where I was using alcohol as a way to to cope with life generally. And around about three years before 
I did Marathon de Saab, so around about 2015, I'd really hit rock bottom um, and knew that life just had to change and needed to find a way to substitute really using alcohol in a way that had become pretty pretty difficult for me and pretty difficult for the people around me who love me to, to take and uh, decided to take up running long distance. Um, I knew that my 40th birthday would be in three years time. So I was 40 in 2018. And I watched this really bizarre show, which was on, I think it was the Discovery Channel. And it was James Cracknell, you know, the guy that the dancer that's just been booted off Strictly. And it was him participated in the Marathon de Saab. And I thought, oh my God, that is crazy. Why would you do that? It's really long. But then there was something inside of me that spoke to me and was like, you know what? This could be just what you need in order to channel the pain of anxiety, as I call it, into something which, if you accomplish it, will will basically be one of the most amazing things that you've done in your life. That is such an incredible story. I mean, it's not often that <laughs> we can be watching something and think, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Do you know what? I'll go and do that. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> so hat off to you, Sabrina. And, you know, the fact that it's the most grueling and challenging one that you can possibly do there must be something so t talk to me about and talk to us about the process of how you do that in terms of what it was inside of you that just knew because it is that that voice isn't it that voice is yeah. like yeah this is what we need to do to help not beat but work with anxiety mm. and there is such because we have such um we can have such a negative relationship with anxiety, can't we? It's something that we want to literally, we have anxiety about anxiety to run yeah. away from it, where it sounds like you metaphorically ran with it. So what was it about this and that, that inner voice that just knew that it was something that you had to do something with in order to help manage and control or have a better relationship with anxiety? I think what it was, Kate, is that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm mixed race and my mum's Scottish and, and white. My dad is, um, well, we don't actually know where he's from because he was a Dr. Bernardo's child, um, but he's black. Um, so from a very, very young age, I have, I have felt like an outsider. You know, I grew up in a small market town um, in the Cotswolds and was probably the only, well, I know I was, there's no probably about it, the only mixed race child there. And I spent so much time in my childhood, in my teenage years, um, and in my adult years, trying to numb myself via food, via alcohol, via other things that we can find ourselves obsessing about, to try and isolate myself from these feelings of low self-worth, of not being good enough, 
of uh, trying to be someone that I wasn't and not listening to that inner voice, you know, not wanting to hear it or when it was screaming from inside me, doing everything I could to numb it, to silence it. Um, and I think I got to a point in my life where I was literally, I mean, I was on the floor in my bathroom screaming to higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, please help me. I cannot continue the way that I am. And I think it was probably... I didn't know what to do at that point. I really didn't. I was crippled with anxiety from the out from the outside looking in. People saw a successful businesswoman, you know, I run a, a multi, uh, um, you know, six figure award winning PR agency. I lived in a beautiful house in the Cotswold. I had four amazing children, a really loving husband. I was fit. I was well dressed, but inside I was crippled with anxiety, and as I said, I think it was probably that week when, you know, in a haze of depression, um, this, this documentary came on the television. And at that point, I was free of anything that kind of numbed me. You know, I decided to stop drinking alcohol. And, you know, so I was kind of going through the process of, oh my God, I'm not drinking, you know, I'm not having a bottle of wine every night or whatever it might be. So therefore, that inner voice inside me was a, I was able to hear it so much clearer than I had been over the past years. And although, yeah, watching that documentary, it was, that's crazy. I hate sand. I hate the heat. There was just this gut instinct feeling inside me, almost like tummy ache. But it was like saying to me, that could be you. That could be you. And it was almost, I think, when you seek to do a physical challenge such as that, you know, for six days out in the desert, I was alone. I'll tell you a funny story later about the, the playlist that I downloaded that actually it didn't come into fruition. But I was with me. I was alone. I was I had myself for company. I was in charge of my health, in charge of my safety, in charge of when I ate, in charge of when I drank. And it was almost the greatest gift that in my 40th year that I could give myself was that six days of alone time. Don't get me wrong, training for it was absolutely mind-blowing. But listening to that inner voice that week where I had hit rock bottom and it's in it, me being so clear that I need something, a challenge such as this in my life to focus my anxiety around was absolutely I just you know when you just know you just you just know that there's a path for you and you feel it in with every fiber of your being and I knew that I needed to go on this journey and my god what a journey it was what a journey indeed and when I reflect on what you're talking about there when you're talking about when you're watching the program, when you watch the documentary and you had that gut feeling and the gut feeling was saying, this could be you. And it's in that moment, it was almost like, this is what you need to save you right now. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? And yeah. connecting so much in with that body wisdom, because 
having that time where you're talking about being in the desert for six days and being in charge of yourself is a wonderful thing because it's when you've taken charge, isn't it? Because often with anxiety, anxiety will be the thing which is in charge. It's the thing which says, don't go out of the house because we're scared that this is going to happen or mm. the, the physicality that it can stop you from doing anything that the panic attacks can leave you on the floor. It's almost mm. like it's in charge. So how did you notice in terms of that physical reaction and that connection into inner wisdom, which is what I like to call it? How did you notice the difference between the two? What are the nuances of the difference between the anxiety telling you to not do anything or cripple you versus the being in charge of the self and the connection there and that being the empowerment. I think that um, how my anxiety manifests is in the physical, um, physical manifestation is, you know, the typical kind of sweaty palms, getting shaky, but also it's that devil on my shoulder. My anxiety is like a devil on my shoulder. So it will say, it will whisper, you are not good enough. You cannot do this. They will not like you. Uh, you are too fat. You are not strong enough. And that inner, my inner voice, it's always for me. So what I've realized over the past couple of years is that there have been so many instances where my inner voice wanted me to take a decision, which my anxiety stopped me taking. And the path that I went down led to higher anxiety, depression, loss of financial, you know, all of those things. So when I had watched that program, this voice, as I said, you know, was saying, you know, this could be you, you know, this could be you. But don't get me wrong, that anxiety was still on my shoulder saying, you're too fat, you're, you drink too much, you're, you have no idea what it takes to run in the desert. You, and that, until I'd made, I think, until I'd made the commitment to the Marathon de Saab, anxiety was still there competing. I call it like those voices in your head between your gut instinct and your anxiety I call them the committee so if you can imagine like the house of commons how it's been throughout the whole brexit so you know arguing shouting shouting and then you've got the speaker saying you know order order and that is what it's like when my anxiety and my gut instinct go against each other I I love that as an analogy I love that as an analogy because it's so bloody true, isn't it? It's like sometimes the anxiety can be like in a crowded playground where there's just too many people fighting for attention and vying for attention, but actually they're not doing anything that's really good for you. They want to sell your bags and they want to, you know, nick your suits and all this kind of thing. But actually, yeah, I mean, that is such a good analogy and it is the difference between, because you can, you can get to know the tone, the pitch, the pace of the words that are used and how they're used. And like you say, it's a difference whether it's for you or against you. Let's talk about the difference of whether it's expansive or contractive. So anxiety, fear will be contractive. It doesn't want Mm. you to do something or tell you all the negative stuff. Whereas the, um, the, the softer voice, the one that's like, this could be you. Yeah. It's always that like it's there, but sometimes it needs something. It needs that dark, 
dark crisis of the soul really yeah. for you to hear it yeah and it has to sometimes it has to be in those moments doesn't it I think for me the biggest transformations in my life have come from from the, the, the I call them the bathroom moment you know mo the, the bathroom moment moments you know that the, the screaming into the night whether it's physically or metaphorically the things that have happened in my life that have broken my heart the thing the people the places and through that story through that experience um that voice that that inner love that gut instinct often it's easier to hear it when it's speaking to you when it feels like you're alone in the night and no one's listening and um and yeah there's but there have been various moments within my life that i've had that and that i have listened to that inner voice marathon just deciding to train for this ultra marathon as a way to channel the pain of anxiety into that accomplishment it was just one the latest but one of many big moments in my life so Obviously, you know, and you've just alluded to it there that it doesn't go away. The anxiety doesn't go away, does it? How did you manage to, through that process of having to train, because training for a marathon anyway, not that I know, just saying listeners, <laughs> training for a marathon anyway, from people I understand who've done it before, um, is very, you know, you have to be very dedicated. You have to be really, you have to have a plan. You have to stick to that plan. There's no kind of getting away from it. Otherwise, you're just not going to be able to do it training for an ultra marathon is like next level shizzle how did you work with anxiety because you do you talk about harnessing it don't you yeah how did you yeah work with it and you talk about focus and immersion and mm -hmm. harnessing it to get to that accomplishment how do you work with it rather than letting it go no just stay in bed today or just you know have that bottle of wine the night before like how how did you work with it mm. so when i it's like this, this, the whole 10 step process um, that I've developed now, but it was, I talk about focus. So being focused and having something to focus on for me is a conduit to taking that pain of anxiety and starting to work it into another type of pain, which is the pain of accomplishment. But as you alluded to earlier, you know, I'm not here saying I can help you get rid of your anxiety. Anxiety is there. If you suffer with anxiety, whether it's mild, moderate or mind blowing, it's there. So I knew that in the process of even thinking about training for an ultramarathon like the Marathon to Saab, I needed to, it to be, I needed that first step to be as immersive as I could possibly get it. I needed to be really focused so that I was, even if it was only for two hours a day, once or twice a week, that I was watching videos of the Marathon to Saab online. I was reading books. I was reading blogs. I was listening to podcasts. I was, I can remember, I was de finding people who were local to me on the Facebook page and just emailing them and saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Is there any kind of advice you can give me? What was you, you know, I was doing and finding everything I could so that energy that I would put, be putting into thinking, there's no way I can possibly do this. I was actually taking it and thinking, okay, you know what? 
for the next two hours, I'm going to watch this thing. I'm going to, or I'm going to listen to this podcast, or I'm going to send an email to a couple of women that have done MDS before, or I'm going you know, I was just, I would channel it into being really, really focused on what I wanted to do and how I wanted that to look like I knew that I didn't just want to get round marathon to start by the skin of my teeth. I knew that I wanted to do as well as I possibly could. So I would read things by people that had won or people that had just complete or, you know, just completed it, but just to complete it is still a massive thing. So I had to be so focused and I had to use that anxiety energy in order to find things that would help me to sharpen and hone that focus. That's incredible. And, and, and as I'm listening to you talking, it's very much reminds me of NLP. So what you do within NLP and sports people use NLP neuro-linguistic mm. programming for this very thing. It's really about, it's not just like you say, it's not just about doing the creative visualization and going, well, this is, although that's bloody good, you know, like seeing yourself mm. going over the finish line and, yeah. and, and doing it successfully, but it's taking on board the success of it as if it's already happened yeah. and encouraging your success and, and what other people have been. So it's almost like anchoring other people's way of how they've succeeded. So doing that in the body shows the body that it's already happening. So Absolutely. Kind of future, you're future mapping, aren't you? What that success yeah. feels like because yeah. the brain doesn't know the difference between real and imagined anyway. So mm. that, I mean, God, these are great tools for anybody listening in terms of whatever your marathon to Saab is, and yeah. if you are, regardless of whether you suffer from anxiety or not, but particularly if you do, if your marathon de Saab is getting out of bed and going down to, um, you know, going to a coffee shop, for example, it's taking on board some of what uh, you're saying here, Sabrina, Hell and yeah. how you can help to do that and harnessing that, focusing on what it would feel like, what it would look like, what it would sound like, and yeah. going through the physical, mental, emotional uh and what what that all looks like what that feels like and and helping you to get into your body what it feels like once it's done i was um i've been doing a couple of i've been very lucky over the last couple of weekends so weekend before last i was at the practical magic weekend retreat with nine other beautiful souls and everybody brings all their stuff together and it's always we're around the you know we're in that circle and it's all those people that need to be there at that time and this weekend at Restfest um, in West Sussex. And a lot of the conversation I've been having with close friends and people there have been around manifestation, right? So mm -hmm. law of attraction and what you put your attention and focus on uh, gets to. My lovely friend Freya, who always comes to help me, was talking about the power of manifestation. And um, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he talks very much about the connection of the mind and the body and, and how to manifest. And mm. one of the things that she was sharing about how she's been doing this and, and Dr. Joe's work was not just about visualizing your success, but feeling it, like really feeling into the gratitude and the feeling as if it's already happened. Did you notice that as you were going through the training and 
did that take you through as you were going through the actual six days itself? Like what kept you motivated? You know what? I think that's a great, that that's just such a great question. I, I know when I was the most difficult day at the marathon de Sark for me was they call it the long day. So it's the day when you have to uh, run two marathons. Um, so, you know, 84 kilometers, you know, 50, uh, yeah, 52 miles, 26.2, yeah, 52 miles and all in one go. So you go into the night as well. And, and I, I, so many things went wrong for me that day. I couldn't get my stove to light, so I couldn't have any hot food when I was going into the night stage. I decided not to take a jacket with me when I got off the plane at the beginning of the trip. I was really cold. My trainers were falling apart. And I can remember being out in the dunes. Um, it must have been about one in the morning. And all I had on me to, I, I was alone. I was alone. Uh, there was no one in front of me. There was no one behind me. And I was, hey, I was howling like a banshee into the night. The darkest thoughts, the dark, all of my fears, I was crying into the night and saying things like, why am I here? You know, why, why am I, you know, why am I not at home with my husband, my children? Why did I decide to do this? Why, you know, I was in a really dark place. And then I can remember I had a head torch on and I can remember I, I, split, I flipped up to kind of look at the sky. And as the torch moved across the ground, I, I was sure there were two people behind me because it looked like the shadows of two people walking side by side with me. And you know what? I lo I've, I, I've lost, um, a, a, you know, all of my grandparents have died and, um, and I always believe that they're with me. And at that time, this, this immense feeling came about me of like, you are again, you know, what I said earlier about these dark moments in your life, whether they're self-induced or whether they just happen to you rather than by you. And, you know, that voice of you are not alone, you know, you are not alone. And with that came uh, the visualizations that I had been working on and that those feelings of how it would feel to cross that finish line into the arms of Patrick Bauer, who founded the Marathon de Saab 35 years ago. And the feelings of elation and of accomplishment and oh my goodness, three years of training have come to this. And you know what, Kate, the photo that best sums up that which kept me putting one foot in front of the other, because that's what it's like for us. Whether your marathon de Saab is getting up out of bed and going to the coffee shop or whether it is you know, you're in a relationship that maybe isn't the best for you and you're, you know, you're, you're deciding what's the best to do or you've got, you know, I've got a 13 year old, so she's a teenager. So she's, she's pretty full on at the moment. And whether it's like you're a mum and you're like, you know what, I just, whatever it may be, I think that, you know, that, that feeling that I had, which is summed up in, in the photo that I think I sent you of me, um, Patrick Bauer, holding my face and kissing me on, on the finish line. It's, that's the, that was my visualization that I had in my mind for three years. It was that. It was that image. It was that look on my face, the complete, oh my God, burst of, I have done this. I have tro trodden this path. I have accomplished 
this physical dream that I've been holding for so long now and that's the thing that kept me going that's the thing that kept me putting one foot in front of the other and I think what I say to people within the course and that I talk to about this is you know in those dark times hold tight those feelings you know feel it see it what does it feel like what does it taste like what do you look like because my god you need to have those tools at your disposal in order to keep putting one foot forward within this journey of anxiety to accomplishment yeah thank you for sharing that because it is such an emotive picture and i will put that up on the podcast page so that people can connect into this energy and there's something really really beautiful there about what you were saying you know when you were calling out in the middle of the night and there it was like that that you're not alone Mm. such a beautiful because anxiety will have you think you're on your own it will have you think you're the only person in the world that feels this way and there's something wrong to you so how do you cultivate community around what you do now and then the kind of different people that you need around you to help support you with this yeah well i um Part of that journey, part and, and part of the, the the learnings of training for an ultra marathon and, and harnessing my anxiety to accomplish, I think, I, and a key thing for me is like your tribe. And I know we talk about tribe a lot, and it's it's a bit of a buzzword, but you know, anxiety for me is the lock on a life of joy. Um, so anxiety wants me locked in a dark room telling myself the worst things that you could ever tell yourself it wants me isolated it doesn't want me to communicate how I'm really feeling a fear that people will reject me or people will think I'm a weirdo or people will think I'm unlovable so for me my tribe is absolutely crucial and when I was training for the Marathon de Saab one of the people that I had within my tribe was <laughs> you might laugh at this but I wanted I believe that kind of there are five key people the five of your tribe I guess so I needed a person with experience so basically my physical coach uh, when I was training for the Marathon de Saab was a lady called Elizabeth Barnes now, she was a person with experience because she had won <laughs> the Marathon Day Saab twice. And um, just to have her batting in my corner, working with me on my training plans, telling me about life in the desert, sharing what went wrong for her and what went right for her, just having someone with such a wealthy of experience in my tribe as the person I could go to when I needed that anxiety around, oh my God, I've never done this before and I'm going to get bitten by snakes and it's going to be, I'm going to be in a tent full of seven men who are, you know, and I needed that. So the five people that I have in my tribe, especially when I'm on that path of accomplishment is someone with experience, someone who knows me intimately, so a best friend, you know, somebody that really knows me inside out, someone that will tell me the truth, no holds barred, will not pussyfoot around being honest with me. 
someone who is my cheerleader, somebody who is like that person that would be at the finish line of whatever your accomplishment is and would have the, you know, the, what do you call the pom-poms and they would be like, yeah, yeah. And then a group of people who are on a similar or the same journey as me. And that comes through months and years of trying to understand for me what it takes to manage my anxiety and to share that journey with people and not just any people but people who serve a specific purpose in order to get me to that finish line of whatever it may be that is awesome and you can take that can't you the five people around that you need around you into anything hell yeah anything whether it is you know around accomplishing a business opportunity that you're trying to do or getting yourself new clients or getting yourself a new career like whatever it is that you need to focus on like having those people around you to support you is genius and they can be around different things can't they yeah it's transferable that's the beauty of it Kate is that although I I developed this this you know that you know these 10 steps in in my going from broken on the bathroom floor to finishing the marathon to Saab I and others have been able to apply each step in the principles across the board so you know after I finished the marathon to Saab and I was invited out to you know tell my story you know what it was to train etc and you know I would have people come up to me after talks and say oh my god I would love to do this and it wasn't running a marathon it was you know I'm in this dead-end job and I really hate it and I think that what you've said about being more focused and intentional on what I do want rather than letting the anxiety take over and me continuing some to do something I don't want that's when I thought you know what although this these steps have been developed as a way to help me train for an ultramarathon actually they're so easily transferable to to whatever it may be you know I'm perimenopausal at the moment and I'm quite you know I'm quite out there in in talking about the menopause I don't see any any negative um with with talking about that and on on Sunday I I was just having a really low day I was having a really low day you know I still suffer with anxiety I'm still that same person and you know what I wanted to isolate I wanted to get into bed put the covers over my head not communicate and I had to focus. I thought, okay, Sabrina, what's the next best thing you could do? And you know what that was for me on Sunday? It was literally just to get the lawnmower out and cut the grass as like the last cut of like the summer stroke, early autumn. But for me, it was just like, focus on something. It doesn't matter how small it is or how large it is, but put that focus on something. And I promise you, that when you finish that, whether it is two hours, two weeks, two months or two years, that you will have learned to manage your anxiety ever so slightly for positive outcomes. Brilliant. And such great, such a great, I mean, I'm, there's so much to already share in this podcast today and I know that the listeners will get something from it wherever you're at. And I'm so glad that you're talking about um, menopause and perimenopause because we need to do it we need to do it um, yeah there's going to be a lot more coming on the practical magic podcast about that and and midlife 
soon because it has to go with where we are going in our lives as well so we are getting towards the end i mean this means so much we've talked about already. <laughs> but how 45 minutes has gone so quickly you are going to be sharing 10 steps or 10 key lessons aren't you in a course that you've got coming up which is is this an online course that you're doing it is it is so earlier at the beginning of this year actually one of my 2019 uh missions was to as you say kind of help a million a million people to harness their anxiety for positive outcome to accomplish in whatever areas of their life that is and i want to help people through my story um of which marathon de Sabe is just one story um to do that so i basically took what i had learned and really got down and dirty with it and i basically created a 10 step 10 week anxiety to accomplishment online course so every single week a new theme for that week is unlocked but you can choose to do it in whatever time frame you want to but Kate it focuses on some of the things that we've discussed today so you know let's get focused to commit the power of actually making commitment the tribe you know plan and do you know someone said to me you know somebody asked you oh, why can't I win the lottery why can't I win the lottery and you know higher power said well you have to go out and buy a ticket you know so you know the power of actually wanting to quit and not Physical, the physical aspect of managing anxiety as well. I call it move your ass to raise the vibe, but just incorporating some form of activity that raises that heart rate a little bit higher, which in turn raises the vibe, creating space, which is all about meditation and really working to hear that inner voice. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Who likes to be uncomfortable? Not a lot of us. But I found that getting comfortable with that is absolutely transformational. Replenish and then finally accomplish. So it's 10 weeks of video content, of worksheets, of audio downloads. Um, basically everything that over the years I have developed and used in order to achieve and accomplish and transform my life is there basically ready and waiting um, i've already got a couple of students who are going through it and within five weeks have seen major transformations in their business um, one of them and then another one who really all, all she wanted her sahara desert was just to drop a dress size um, but had been working for years to do it hadn't been successful thought she'd try out this way of doing things and is just doing amazingly so it's for everyone and it's very very easy to follow and I'm so proud that out of all of my 2019 resolutions that this seed has has grown and blossomed good on you and where can people find out more because I know there will be some listeners going where how let me get me on uh, let me get on there let me um, get on so I have created a special landing page for Practical Magic podcast listeners. So I think I've sent you the link to that for the show notes, Kate. Yes, and I have if, it. if you are interested in um, hearing a little bit more, then if you just sign up there, and then I've got a free um, gift for you, um, which is one of the meditations that I use. Um, that I've uh, created myself. So that's there just as a little thank you. And there's links to there to find out more about the course. So um, 
yeah, it's all there ready and waiting. Fantastic. And as we round up, as I always like to ask into people coming onto the Practical Magic podcast, you've talked a lot, obviously, in terms of managing and harnessing and focusing and all of those kind of things. What are your three self-care well-being tips that you practice on a regular basis? Okay. So I meditate for five minutes every morning at six o'clock. I wake up, I use guided meditations and I have to have, I have to start my day having that meditation because I need to calm the voices in my head and create a space to really hear what my inner self is wanting to tell me. The second thing is um, I try every day. I've got a dog who I adore, called Albie, and I get out with him for two miles a day. Um, I, I'm not, although I'm an ultramarathon runner, I do not run all of the time. Um, and me, for me, getting out amongst nature for at least 20 minutes a day, I never come back feeling worse than I went out. Um, and number three is I make sure that I reach out to either someone within my tribe or someone that I feel needs needs to feel the love at least once a day. So this girl will tend to isolate when she's busy, when she's feeling low, etc. But the power that you get of actually calling someone and saying, hey, how are you doing? And actually, if they're not having a great day, just being there to listen, the positive feedback I get from that just makes it worthwhile so those are the three things that I seek to do every day and they help just to keep me in check beautiful so five minutes of meditation getting out in nature dog walking because you know dogs are the best what kind of breed is Albie he is a lab cross with a springer oh my goodness what a great combination he's the love of my life I never had dogs we were never allowed dogs and I got a dog when I started training uh for ultramarathons and i have never looked back that dog is is my is my just soulmate oh they are the best i've got a bedlington terrier called bertie and um somebody said that and i I, it's such a good analogy that animals particularly dogs i love batteries so if you're ever feeling in need of topping up just go and hang out oh yeah oh yeah and also reaching out to people. We forget actually that in order to help us feel more love is to give more love. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I want to close off the Practical Magic podcast with you today and this brilliant, all of the brilliant resources and all of the great stuff that you shared with us, Sabrina, with what are, and, and we spoke beforehand, you've got two songs that kind of sum up. <laughs> what this has been all about for you haven't you so can you share those with us I have well I number one I'm a huge Beyonce fan I'm just you know I'm I'm a 42 year old (laughs) fangirling Beyonce and and the song that was that really kind of sums up kind of my journey is a song called Love on Top and I'm kind of just looking at the lyrics now and and just reminding myself why I love it because the first line is you know, I can see the stars all the way up from here. Can you see the glow on the window pane? I can feel the sun whenever you're near. Every time you touch me, I just melt away. And for me, that love on top that she talks about is the love that I've actually found for myself and the feeling that, you know, I'm not 
I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Um, but, you know, it's a journey. And, and the song talks about that, talks about, you know, love hurting, people asking why you're smiling from ear to ear. And I think when you find that thing and when you listen to that inner voice, you can't help but smile from ear to ear because you know that every decision you're making is coming from a good place. Amazing. And there was another one as well, wasn't there, about your, your journey with the ultramarathon? Yeah, there was. Um, the Marathon de Sable is synonymous with a song that they play uh, on the start line every morning to kick off each day. And it's the ACDC at Highway to Hell. It is Patrick Bauer who founded the Marathon de Sable's favourite song. And every morning I remember as we were walking to the start line, he would be up on top of the Jeep wriggling his bottom to this song and he's just an amazing guy and is enabling through his race to have a lot of people accomplish their their dreams so acdc highway to hell oh my goodness i bet you can never if that song ever comes on the radio that must just do something to your physicality and your emotion right there how incredible I, it, this has just been the most empowering conversation, the most humbling conversation, the most vulnerable conversation. So I want to say a big thank you to you, Sabrina, and thank you for all you shared today. And we'll be putting up the podcast notes and where you can find Sabrina and where you can find out about uh, the course um, Anxiety to Accomplishment. So thank you so much for coming on. You've been an absolute joy. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Kate. Thanks so much for having me. And I've just, I've loved spending time talking to you today thank you so much for listening to the practical magic podcast today with myself and Sabrina pace humphreys i mean what an inspiration i'm going to put all of the links up to sabrina up on the podcast page which you'll find at www.katetaylor.co forward slash podcasts so do go over there if you've been listening to this on itunes can you do me a favor can you just it takes five minutes just go over give us a little rate and review maybe a five star and a little something that you found enjoyable about the show today or about one of the guests it really does help us and i've got some exciting event news coming up i have released some pretty epic retreats coming up for 2019 and into 2020 so first off is the magnify your radiance new year retreat which i am going to be co-hosting with the most incredible carol mccartney who's just the most beautiful soul and yoga teacher and we're going to be doing that on the isle of Wight over the new year period so this is a great time for coming out of the festive period working out what it was you what it is you want for 2020 and then what we're going to do is that we're going to help to magnify that through the work that we're going to be doing i'm going to be bringing in some beautiful intention work some coir and carol's going to infuse it with breath work and yoga and it's just time for yourself so there's that go and take a look and a spring practical magic spring retreat that i'm doing at tiny homes over the spring equinox 20th to the 23rd of march on the isle of Wight, which is always just the most blissful experience and then it's the biggie i have announced what's been on the vision board for so long which is an ibiza retreat that's going to be taking place on the 10th to the 17th of October 2020 is a practical magic week retreat which is a fully transformational experience we're going to do koya meditation breath work being out in nature like I, I seriously cannot tell you how excited I am about that 
to find out all about the retreat offerings I've got coming up, do head over to the website www.katetaylor.co forward slash retreats and you'll see everything there. I cannot wait to spend time with you. So until next week and another Practical Magic podcast, have an amazing week.